Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Defining Marriage Podcast. As you surely know, the first 18 episodes of this podcast contain the audiobook version of Defining Marriage, my book. And now we talk about marriage equality in our lives and such. James, I had a lovely lunch with you today. Describe it to me in great detail. I have no memory of this lunch. It was a tortilla soup that I mm-hmm. had, and you... Does that just mean a tortilla fell in a puddle and I made you eat it? <laughs> yes. yes, you were like, get down on the ground. And on all fours, yes. Mm-hmm. Rub your nose in that, that dirty, dirty puddle. We are both peeking a little bit in our audio. Peekaboo. Oh, I'm, I'm a peekaboo street. Welcome. That's my line. Oh, what? why is that your line? Because you I said peekaboo. Fantastic. Get your nose down in that dirty puddle. Do you want to start over? Hello, thank you for joining us for the Defining Marriage Podcast. As I'm sure you know, the first 18 episodes of this podcast contain the audiobook version of my book, Defining Marriage, and now my partner James and I talk about gay marriage and our lives and stuff. Hi James, how are you? I'm just fine. Here I am, staring at the green monster. Oh, the gr- you. Look, I am, you. A, I am a Boston boy from Fenway Park. I had a Fenway <laughs> Frank up my butt before I could talk. Oh, you're always out wandering the fens late at night? Well, Fenway Frank is the guy I used to meet out there. Oh, I see. We have had, uh, so to fill you in, listeners, we've had a bit to of fill a... Fill you in with a Fenway Frank. ...kerfuffle over James thought it would be a good idea to... I don't know, wh- I don't know why you do this. You air out the towels, like, all over the house. I, you dry yourself after a shower. I do. And then I find them draped around the house like it's it's the alley behind a tenement high-rise well first of all that's very classist of you and second of all you see we live in the pacific northwest we live in a damp zone of the earth and in this damp zone towels develop a, a funky funk and so i like to spread them out like i like to spread out my hindquarters and let everything air out so that they don't uh, grow mushrooms and encourage bees okay well, I guess that's fair, although I don't know why you thought that draping it over the microphone that we used to record this podcast was a good idea. Because it's like, it's a perfect stand. It's like a, a clothing rack. It's beautiful. It is very nice. We do have actual, like, hangers and no, things. No, I hate it. I can't use a hanger. Okay. You've known this. You've known this about me for a long time. I can't use a hanger. You've... Anything I put on a hanger will fall off, and frequently I break the hanger when I try to get the thing off of it. It's remarkable how many hangers have, have been claimed, how many hanger lives have been lost at your hands. I also can't tie my shoes nor can I use utensils. These are all things you know. In fact, at lunch today, uh, I, I stabbed myself right in my mpreg. It the, the knife flew out of my hand right into my uterus. Mm, okay, that's... I think a- it might be because of I'm, I'm carrying the Antichrist. Sure, I think that's a maybe like fifty percent true. Well, what, pa- wait, what part is not true? Uh, well, I, I don't know about your uterus. What don't you know about it? It's not cuterous? I don't... I just don't know about it. I don't know anything about it. It's a stranger to me. It's subcutaneous. I can't tell if you're composing a song or not. My subcutaneous uterus couldn't be any more cuterous. It's got a lot of uses. Let's make a baby. Well, we've had a very eventful day, aside have from we? you stabbing yourself in parts that you may not have. All it did was smear my midsection in mole sauce, which I still have. Oh, mole! <laughs> I may give you a little lick later. Oh! oh coated, in, coated in delicious flavorings. Like a ghost-eye Pokemon. Mm. They use lick. It's like their soul licking your soul. It's a soul-to-soul, a scrumptious experience. What else have we done today? Oh, I don't know. 
Oh, oh, wait, we did a thing. We did it. We talked to people. We did. We had a panel at PAX, which is the video gaming expo convention thing that happens here in Seattle once a year. We had a panel. We talked about queer gamers. We talked about playing with pride. That was the name of it. And we shared some video clips of LGBT gamers who we talked to all over the country. We used the term panel. It was just the two of us. And, and also, it was more of a presentation. We weren't... Okay. It, it wasn't some interactive come, come meet the Herman program. Sure, sure. I suppose if you wanted to be pedantic, you could call it a presentation instead of a panel. But, folks, uh, if you couldn't make it to the panel, and you probably couldn't, uh, you can still connect with the project uh, over at playingwithpride.com if that is of interest to you. Yes, if it was not clear, this is a project where over the last two years we have traveled these United States and a little bit of Canada. We visited 19 states and a province. We have spoken to 112 individual humans so far, LGBT, several other letters, if you please. And we have asked them about the ways that uh, video games and to some extent tabletop games have sometimes been compatible and sometimes incompatible with their queer identity. Mmm, there's something queer about these people. Yes. And so you can go to playingwithpride.com to find out more about that project and sign up for a mailing list to find out when there will be more of it available. Right now it's just a mailing list form, and and you should sign up, because if we're coming to your town we may want to peer into your boudoir and throw a baby in there. That's some enticement. So Should sign up. Put that? Let's put that on the website. Sign up here for us to peer into your boudoir and put a... What did you say? Put a baby on the end table? Absolutely. It'll tip off and then that's how you know it's ready. That's how, that's how you know we've been there when you wake up and there's a baby on your end table. Mm-hmm. We're like storks in that we've got sexy legs. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's been going on with the gay marriage lately? I don't know. The the Vlasic stork sucked a pickle. That's what happened. There's been a lot of news about Jersey. Jersey the cow? Jersey the place. Oh. Yeah. So, as you know, I like to make fun of New Jersey. You do. I don't know why. You have this weird, like, New York superiority, <laughs> and yet you're from nowhere Connecticut. No, it, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know. It's probably something I picked up from my father, who's from Brooklyn, but uh, we all as a family like to laugh about New Jersey. What a funny place it is. What they is so call, funny about they it? They call themselves the Garden State. My goodness. Sure, there's a lot of parks and green spaces, and the Karate Kid. Is he really from New Jersey? Uh, absolutely. Well, that's good. And the Bon Jovi and the Bruce springsteen the asbury park the atlantic city the uh the the yeah rotten cocksuckers ball it's all there they've they've got it all well maybe someday they'll uh, let them be a real state oh so here's what happened uh this week uh some news in paramus mm-hmm. uh, paramus catholic which is a, a school for young people okay. uh has fired kate drumgool are we sure this isn't Star Trek fan fiction? It certainly Paramus does. Paramus has struck a blow against Drumgool? It, the names are what attracted me to the story in the first place. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Kate Drumgool uh, is a lesbian who oh. coaches softball and... Mm-hmm. Or, no, I'm sorry, volleyball, I think. Okay. And she's also a guidance counselor. She was fired mm-hmm. after it was revealed that she married a woman. Mm-hmm. So, now, Reverend Thomas Nidegger... Okay. Again, another Star Trekky name. Sure, this took Heidegger and made it an N. Heidegger. Uh, he's the second in the command to the Archbishop. He has uh, defended the firing of uh, Kate Drumgool. He's the number one. She, sure. He's the number one, number two. 
he uh so she is suing for her job saying that you can't fire me for being lesbian in new jersey and so nidegger says uh that no no we should have we were appropriate it was appropriate for us to get rid of her because her um position working with children as a guidance counselor quote this is a quote makes her gay marriage and gay lifestyle whether overt or covert particularly odious well, I don't know if there's any legal weight to odiousness. Mm. I guess my question would just be, is this school religiously affiliated in the way that exempts it from non-discrimination laws? Well, that's what they're trying to figure out now. The case okay. is uh, one side saying, no, you're not, and the other side saying, yes, we are. Sure. Uh, I just am startled by how clear they, or how comfortable they feel with their animus, calling her gay marriage and gay lifestyle particularly odious. Like, how does that even help you in court? That's just a mean thing to say. Well, I don't, I don't think that came from someone who was thinking about how to build a good court case. I think that was coming from somebody who wanted to make it clear what he thinks of lesbians. Mm. Yeah, and he certainly did that. So that's the Reverend mm. Thomas Neidegger. And you know what else is pretty odious? What's that? Raping altar boys. Mmm, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we if we want to get into uh, an odiousness arms race, yeah, um, you know, like sure, let's say being a lesbian's odious. Um, you know, maybe maybe look around and see if your house is glass. You're, well, it's it's gold. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's gold, gold and fine crystal. So you may want to bring that up with uh, another person from Jersey, mm-hmm. but not New Jersey. Oh. Real Jersey. Oh, boy. In England. Sure. Where so, the cow is from. I told. I wanted to talk about the cow. Wait, really? Do you, are you familiar with... Oh, oh, the Jersey cow. Yeah, the Jersey okay. cow. Go ahead. You may talk about the Jersey cow. I like it. I like its milk. I like to get under a Jersey cow and let the udder kind of slide around on my face. I uh, get a big woof whiff of its uh, of, of its bag bomb and then pop uh, one of the four containers into my body and consume all of the dairy. And then I don't take any of that lactase. So boy, oh boy, in an hour or so, I'll be just fine because I have no issue with that. But you, on the other hand... Thank you for providing the listeners with that glimpse into our boudoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Google. in actual Jersey, the Reverend Canon Dr. Gavin Ashenden, Vicar of Gouray. <laughs> That's his full title. Uh-huh. The Reverend Canon. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I'm immediately imagining... The Reverend Canon Ashenden? Reverend Canon Dr. Reverend Canon Dr. Gavin Ashenden. Holy shit, that... I mean, we're out of Star Trek now, and we're into Dragon Age or something. <laughs> yes. I, that, it does sound like, you know, deep, deep role-playing game. Mm. Um, it gives him lots of different stat buffs. Sure. Uh, so he's the Vicar of Gouray, uh-huh. and he is upset that the Bishop of Grantham mm-hmm. is a gay man. Uh, well, he is very magnanimous. Yes. We know, we, you know, we have a, a soft spot in our heart for the Granthams. Absolutely. Uh, this is an actual Grantham, not a fictional character. No. So he uh, is revealed... I'm less he's, interested. He's revealed that he's gay. Uh-huh. He's in a relationship. Okay. But he is practicing with celibacy. With a cow. Yes. Mm-hmm. With a cow. He's letting the, the bag roll over oh, his face, bless, or whatever it was he said. Bless his heart. He's practicing celibacy. Yeah, of course yeah, he is. Sure. Good for him. Good, yes. Uh, I mean, you know. Anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, the Reverend Canon Dr. Gavin Nashenden, Vicar of Gouray, says, quote... To come out as gay is to adopt and promote an anthropology that is pagan and not Christian. Um, all right. I mean, I, I mean, I guess as one of the gatekeepers of what is and isn't Christian, he has some authority to say that. Yeah, I suppose. I don't see what's exactly pagan about it. Like, he didn't go into detail about what he even believes paganism is. I thought it was just dancing around a tree. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's often thrown around with heathen and other terms for... I mean, it's a way of saying savage or uncivilized or something oh, like that. Oh, just not Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, gotcha. it's, it's, a, it's a soft slur, essentially, yeah. um, when used from people like that. And it, it just means not of a civilized and proper religion, but uh, of someone who goes out and dances around trees naked and sucks a dick, which sounds pretty great. It does. Why wouldn't you want that? So apparently, so according to his this thing that uh, the canon wrote, um, he's turning away, the Bishop of Grantham is turning away from Jesus and replacing Jesus as the thing that defines him as, as with gay as the thing that defines him. Which um, I don't think any of that is accurate, but go ahead and say it. Boy, that's a tough one, because this is Church of England, right? Mm-hmm. So, as far as I know, clergy in the Church of England can marry. That doesn't mean that when you marry, you know, the fact that you are husband, you yeah. become husband, and that defines you rather than Jesus defining you. Which I only bring up because one of the reasons that the Catholic Church gives for why priests can't be married is because once they become husband and father, they are no longer primarily dedicated to their role in the Church. I mean, there's a bunch of other bullshit reasons, like, you know, none of the Twelve Apostles were women, so I guess Jesus didn't want them. Mm-hmm. Um But it's interesting, because by the logic he's going with there, if being in a gay relationship means that you are defined by your gayness, why doesn't being in a straight relationship define you by your woman-fuckingness? Oh, I don't know. Oh, because uh, that that woman-fuckingness is a gift that has been given to us by the Lord, uh, sexual attraction to the opposite gender, and it's something that we use to propagate the species, whereas a gay relationship can only have, uh, I don't know, pagan erotic sex. Which, again, sounds pretty fun. It does. Um, okay, I buy it. I mean... Oh, good! No, no, yeah, I, I mean... That, no, no, no. That, I know. But in, that's, in their worldview... But sure. that's consistent. Yeah. I, I'm not going to take issue with that. He's not a hypocrite, just lousy. Sure. So, uh, speaking of lousy, uh, you may remember that the National Organization for Marriage has been doing some fundraising, and it has been going too well for them. Pathetic. Yes. Brian Brown called uh, his members pathetic the other the, a few weeks ago. unfortunate soul. So now they have reached the end of their summer fun drive. <laughs> Please tell me they called it that. No, they oh. didn't. So uh, the day before, the day before the end of the, the funding fundraiser, um, it was a Thursday, and Brian Brown was like, tomorrow morning I come into the office and there will be a report waiting for me to tell me how we've, we've been doing. Mm-hmm. The subject line on this blog post? Yeah. Fail. <laughs> what? Yeah. So wait, wait, that went out to well. the public? Yes. Yes, it did. Fail? Yeah. <laughs> fail. It was just fail. So great. Um, was there a picture of like a sad kitten or something? <laughs> and they've been completely quiet since then. They haven't had anything to say on their blogs or in their emails, although they did hmm. uh, tweet something. It was a picture of a sad looking little girl. Oh, almost as good as a kitten. Yep. And uh, it said something like um, religion or traditional marriage. Traditional uh-huh. marriage promises a mother and a father, while uh, same sex marriage uh, removes a mother or a father. Which we've okay. been over many times on this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, sure. It promises a mother and a father. Sure, it does. Sure, and, and they're um, always peaches. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that's all they've had to say since the end of their fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Brian Brown, on the other hand, has been very busy with his other gig. Sure. Uh, so I think he sees where things are headed with National Organization for Marriage. Mm-hmm. And he says uh, for the, oh, what is it called? The Congress on Families, which is this oh. other yeah, organization that he's a part of. Uh, mm-hmm. He says that they need to do some fundraising over there yeah. to uh, fight back against the uh, Obama demands. 
Okay. Did you know that Obama had some demands? Sure, what are they? They are abortion on demand. Oh, like uh, Netflix? Yes. You just dial it up. Abortion on demand Mm -hmm. and abandonment of marriage. He's demanding that? He's He's demanding people abandon marriage? He is. Acceptance of polygamy. Obama mm-hmm. has a bit, okay sure normalizing pedophilia. <laughs> this, these are among Obama's demands. These are among his demands. Yes. Okay. Boy, this is going to be a really interesting lame duck session. Never, <laughs> no, never before has a president uh, had so much fun at the end. Transgenderism. He demands it. He demands transgenderism. Okay. And uh, for for all of us, every man, woman, and child. Well, we won't be that for long. And uh, stripping children of their inherent right to a mother and a father. He demands that. He okay. demands that we strip the children. Uh-huh. I guess that goes along with the pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And uh, his last demand, etc. <laughs> um, well, I guess Obama's taken a surprising turn. I mean, it took him how many years to uh, just get, like acknowledge marriage equality, and now he's jumped to uh, d- demanding that we strip children. Yes, normalizing normalizing pedophilia. Uh huh. Not just not just having it, but normalizing it. Sure. I mean, I guess like in the last few months that Obama's got, he's got like four months or something. It's his moonshot for everyone to be like, oh no, it is actually that's really normal. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's uh, one of the very few things that the National Organization for Marriage says they do to justify their continued existence. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, this is the National Organization for Marriage? No, sorry. This is Brian Brown, uh-huh. uh, with who runs the National Organization for Marriage, but yeah. also does stuff for the National, or, sorry, it's the International Congress on Families or something like that. Sure. Well, Congress among the family. I mean, that sounds like mm. it's normalizing pedophilia. Delicious. Uh, so um, one of the things that National Organization for Marriage... I didn't mention incest. Speaking of Congress among uh, the family... Yeah. Yeah. What's the matter there? Well, I think Nothing he's fine with that. Bestiality? Sure. He puts why doesn't Why doesn't Obama want that? Yeah, uh, yeah you should put the best Probably in bestiality. <laughs> Very nice. My guess is that people don't open their wallets for anti-bestiality, but these are things that spook them. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, so anyway, so the National Organization for Marriage says that part of their mission is defeating politicians who have stood up for marriage equality, okay. who have abandoned their principles or whatever. Sure. Uh, and so Nam is putting money into races against uh, Republicans who supported... Nom? Yes. Nam. I-, I thought this was the, the family congress. No, 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 this is Nam. Oh, okay. Yes. But they don't have any money. So what well, money are they putting? Bet. They've got a little bit. They've okay. raised a few thousand. So oh, they'll put okay. a few thousand into Brian Brown's wallet, and then, okay. uh, I don't know, a couple bucks. So that'll buy a chicken dinner for, like, a, some politician? Ooh, I could go for a chicken dinner right now. Sure. That sounds good. Uh, so it's not going so well for Nam. Uh, Rob Portman, the first Republican senator to have supported gay marriage. Uh-huh. Uh, you may recall, you do not. I don't. You might no. recall that he only did that after his son came out to him as gay. Sure. And he's one of those Republicans who was like, oh, oh it affects me, uh, so I guess I support it now. Sure, by, by which you mean all. Yes, very brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, Rob Portman was the first Republican senator to support gay marriage. Uh, he is currently uh, winning his uh, polling shows him ahead by eight points in his re-election bid. Sure. So, uh, being a Republican who supports marriage equality uh, really does not seem to be hurting him. Well, I mean, doesn't Trump show that these religious positions, the, these religiously motivated far-right positions, don't matter? Because Trump is all over the map mm-hmm. on this stuff. Um, when it comes to the things that have been core, you know, morality issues, um, you know, the stuff that's pandered to the silent majority sort of the, the Phyllis Schlafly oh, fans. Yeah. Um, bon voyage. <laughs> don't let the door hit you, Phyllis. I mean, hasn't Trump done fairly poorly on those issues, and they don't seem to care? 
Yeah, well, I think there's something different going on there. I think Trump has the ability to say what sounds like something those people want to hear. Mm -hmm. So he can pander to them fairly effectively. And they're like, oh, he respects us. He believes in what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, will turn on a dime and say something completely opposite a second later. But they seem to think that he's on their side. So and that's very mm. different from Rob Portman, who's just like, oh, oh I'm, draw- I'm taking a stand. This is what I believe. Sure. Well, what state and what district is Rob Portman? Ohio, a fairly Republican district. Okay. Well, interesting. I mean, it does seem like if, if people are more interested in voting their wallet than their mm. religious convictions, which I think is, is the case in a lot of places, um, it seems like if if the ship has sailed on the marriage stuff... Who cares? What's the point? Why bother? Yeah. yeah. Why keep pouring money into a, a fight that they've lost? And th- there's no clear or good path to, to to reversing it. There's ways to make life worse for LGBT people. But there, there's... And the horse is out of the barn on the whole marriage thing. Oh, no. That, that was my horse noise. Sure. That was the worst horse noise that has ever been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be Mr. Ed or just a horse that was dying or uh, I don't know. Um, what's what's the name of that? What's the name of that horse? Uh, yeah, trigger? <laughs> trigger. Sure. Yeah, a, here's yeah. your trigger Francis, warning. Francis. Francis. He was a talking mule. Oh, boy. We've jumped tracks. Who's yeah. Francis the talking mule? Who's Francis the talking mule? I don't know. He's, my goodness. Is he he's, a friend of Clever Hans? I he's think been a frequent guest on this show. He has. We've had a lot of celebrity equines. Sure. Is, uh, a, is a mule an equine? I think so. Is a donkey a horse? I thought they... Oh, these are philosophical questions. James, you have adopted an anthropology that is pagan no. and asking these questions. I, well, I know? have the head of a horse. That's fairly pagan. I, I honestly just assumed that an equine is something with hooves, but that can't be right, can it? I don't it? think so. No, that must be... Oh, I don't know. I don't know what makes something a horse. I think you have to be hung like a horse. Could, all right. That's how you tell. That's how you can tell. That's yeah. all it takes. That's why some men are defined technically in the taxonomy as horses. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of losing uh, election battles, uh-huh. uh, S.J. Jung, running for office in New York State, he's running for state senate, mm-hmm. uh, part of his platform is he wants to ban gay couples from textbooks. Uh, from reading them? <laughs> from being in them. Because that's fine. Oh, I yeah. see. Couples? Frank, Wait, just couples. Just couples. Okay. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. So, I don't think he's so, got like, a So, like, Alan shot Turing here, but... can be in there. Sure. Well, I guess, I mean... I'm not sure he was in a, in a romance. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. He had a bad romance with an apple. Anyway. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you, you know, if it would be interesting to see. Like, they have to remove someone from a textbook if anything comes out that indicates that they were gay. You say a text poof. A text poof? Yeah. That's, that's what they are. They're text poofs. <laughs> Until, yeah, until they expunge all of the homosexuals. But just the couples. Just the couple. Well, that's what that's what. So what about Alexander the Grape? Didn't he have a wife? No, no, I'm thinking of Genghis Khan. Oh, he probably, I'm sure he had a wife. But didn't he also enjoy a little, um, a little of those horse-hung men? I think we can assume. He had a whole stable of them. I mean, the rich and powerful are often given over to hedonistic desires. Oh, to, uh, pagan anthropology? Mm -hmm. So, is that where That's my favorite store. I was gonna say, is that where you go to get, like, one of those, um, crinkly skirts and one of those sweaters that have, like, the pills already on them already? Oh, oh god, I thought you were talking about what? Oxycontin. Yes. So you lick your sweater and you're you're good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's what pagan anthropology is. I mean, the stuff they sell there, isn't it all like... It's already fairly yeah, pagan, yeah. Yeah, it's all, all wood stuff. You and go in there rocks. and they play a little uh, 
pan flute. Lorena McKennett, and you dance around. Watch out for the pan. Oh, Morris stands with me. That was kind of Leonard Nimoy singing the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Well, they play that at Pagan Anthropology, absolutely. <laughs> That's all they play in, in the, the middle of the earth, in the land of the Shire, there's a brave little hobbit that we all admire. He has big feet and an even bigger dick. Take him out back and he'll make you sick. It's Bilbo. Bilbo! Bilbo Baggins, the Where horniest hobbit of them what? all. Look at his hobbit hole. Think- oh, we talked about hobbit holes before, remember? Did when we? we went honeymoon on the moon, honey. Oh, yeah. And there was a hobbit hole. Wait, these are different things. Because Brad and Angelina, they got into the Shire and they pounded each other's hobbit holes. Oh, boy. You're, you're, you've been licking your sweater. Oh, I wish. <laughs> so anyway, that's S.J. Jung. Uh, so uh, the other exciting news, there is this ongoing attempt to push back against marriage equality. And sometimes it's weird, like get them all out of the textbooks if they're married. And sometimes... Is the, is the campaign back that ass up? Yes. Yes. But it's an actual, it's a donkey. Oh boy, back to that. Yes. Anyway, it's always back to the donkeys with me. Anyway, so um, Texas Supreme Court is uh, taking a slightly more chilling position. <laughs> They haven't actually, just one guy. Oh. So are they just being really chill about it? They're just yeah, they're laid back. They've been licking a different sweater. They've been licking whatever they've been licking Leonard's sweater. That's drug slang. <laughs> licking Leonard's sweater. Sure. Uh yep. Uh, Up and down in the hobbit hole licking <laughs> Leonard's sweater. Um so Supreme Court Justice John Devine. Oh no any relation, relation? Oh. that we know of. Oh he's so beautiful. <laughs> no relation to uh, oh, to pathetic the character inspired by Divine. Sure, marriage is a fundamental right. He said so. He was hearing okay. a case mm-hmm. uh, about whether or not uh, a city could refuse to offer uh, spousal benefits to gay employees, mm-hmm. and so he said yes, yes, they can refuse to offer those benefits. Okay. Marriage is a fundamental right. Spousal benefits are not. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Yes, it is interesting. It does fall apart, but it takes okay. you a minute to figure out why. Yeah, tell me why. Well, I mean... So I'm first, willing to entertain that, but tell me why. Uh, because it, the reason that marriage is a fundamental right... It, I mean, he's just kind of ignoring the Obergefell decision. Which oh, of was, course. Yes. Uh, it, was a, it was a due process and equal protection ruling. And so, yeah. it's really... It's not just that marriage is a fundamental right. Mm-hmm. It is that due process and equal protection are fundamental rights, and out of that flows equality in marriage and in all legal treatments. So, yeah, you get marriage, but you also, anything that the government does, anything the state does, if they're going to discriminate, they have to indicate that there is a uh, persuasive uh, public interest in doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he says, oh, but there is. There is a persuasive governmental interest in denying spousal benefits to gay couples. Mm -hmm. He says, quote, offering certain benefits to opposite-sex couples would encourage procreation within marriage. Unquote. Okay. Womp womp. That argument again. Uh-huh. That straight people are more likely to procreate responsibly if gay people can't have the same things that they can. Well, I'm not sure that that's the argument. Uh, I think they're just saying that it's in the state's interest for married couples to have children, and so they are trying to incentivize that by you know, taking some burdens off them by giving them incentives. Now, l- let me just back up for a second. Where do these benefits come from? Do they come from the state? Yes. So this would be for state employees. For state employees. Oh, well, this is going to lose. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, okay. I mean, if this goes any higher than this Jack and Apes, uh, it's going to lose. But I, I mean, 
I don't think it's the most ridiculous of arguments, but it's not going to hold up. Not a good one. I mean, this has yeah. been knocked down case after case after oh, sure, case. Sure, sure. So, and in fact, it is not going any further because ah. he was writing a dissent in a case that was like, no, the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to revisit this ruling. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was just having a little tantrum. Well, that's probably... I mean, as much as he wanted to, he wanted to go on record mm-hmm. with this uh, cockamamie thing. To this you. is what he does. He oh, okay. speaks okay. at anti-abortion rallies. Got it. Uh, and, and, you know, flying in the face of the Obama demands. Sure. Uh, he also said uh, when he ran, he w- uh, was voted in uh, because he ran against a guy named David Medina. Mm-hmm. And he is quoted as saying, John Devine is quoted as saying, I could meet a guy with a Mexican last name. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that tells you pretty much all you need to know about this fellow. Sure. Rolling back to the funky cold Medina, I would vote for Medina. Mm. Um, rolling back to the Obama demands, where are they said to have come from? Because <laughs> certainly the White House hasn't issued this as like a statement. So is this like someone got a peek in his trapper keeper and saw that he's like, you know, got a bunch of little like scribbles there of like children getting naked and it's like, ooh, 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 uh, third term goals <laughs> transgenderism sure uh yeah i don't know i don't know where they think this is i mean this is obviously just a stretch from you know oh um trans people should be allowed to use the restroom whoa uh, demanding transgenderism uh, what does that mean i don't know i don't know it's just they can tell that it's people who are not like them and uh-huh. they're like oh i've been raised to believe that that i am there's something special about people like me and the fact that people who aren't like me are getting uh some attention uh is bad uh, yeah, if i had to diagnose what's going on in there with them psychologically oh i'm not sure that's it but it's definitely i mean it, i just wonder sometimes they come up with all kinds of sources when they mm-hmm. cite things like this and i was just wondering if there was some like shadowy source that they were like oh we know obama's secret agenda because it's you know these leaked documents on this uh you know site about reptoids yep. has the real deal i tend not to spend a lot of time going down those rabbit holes because mm-hmm. there's often nothing good to be found there that's true there's just some really awesome pictures of reptile people Mm, and rabbits Uh, sure down the rabbit hole (laughs) hole. oh that's what the reptile people eat Mm. oh no my rabbits go underground and oh no it's swallowed up by obama and his uh and 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 the Habsburgs. i don't know about this dark reboot of watership down it was already dark enough boy could you do a dark reboot of watership (laughs) down can you imagine speaking of which we watched the gritty reboot of the tick oh for fuck's sake what is wrong with it it's so bad oh awful awful i mean it's like one person one guy understands what makes the tick in this in this thing there's a couple of moments where it's like oh that's the tick and then the rest is like christopher nolan tried to do police squad and just couldn't have failed anymore you know i wish i wish that's what it was uh, because that would be a fiasco that could potentially be entertaining. Sure. This is just boring. Yeah. I mean, and I want to like the tick. Mm-hmm. I really I do. do. Too. I do too. There's a lot of good people involved. Uh, I like the guy who plays the tick, whose name I've forgotten now, but sure. he's the British guy who does the, the sassy Trump videos. Mm. And what's funny is, I think we were talking about this. So I'm sure listeners, you're familiar with the sassy Trump videos where this guy, this actor takes videos of actual Trump takes out the audio, and then dubs it over with a very sassy voice. And it's funny, and also maybe a little homophobic to be like, we're making fun of him by giving him a super gay voice. I think it's mostly funny, but I get why it makes people uncomfortable. Before it was sassy voice Trump, it was 
British aristocrat Trump. So he dubbed Trump over with like a really fancy British voice. That was not a good one. Mm-hmm. That was not a good fancy British voice. But I tried. Oh Lord, how I tried. Anyway, <laughs> so he tried a bunch of different voices to make fun of Trump. Wait, was that just a four non blondes reference? I guess it was. And I tried. Oh my God, did I try? Yes. Try all the time in this institution. Would and you? I pray. Oh my God, did I pray? I pray every single day for a revolution. Oh God, are you going to do like a four non blonde? Like every different line has a different voice. Oh, every different non blonde has a different voice. Oh. There were there. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm imagining the the video now. It was like a weird hat. Uh, hat. It was a weird, hat. a weird hat. Oh boy, was there with uh, goggles. Oh, it was a whole thing. It was that time. It was that part of the 90s where yes. everyone had tall hats and goggles. Yeah, she had tall hats and goggles, and I think dreadlocks, mm-hmm. and maybe overalls, I don't know. Oh, you're really taking me back. We just watched... Oh, this is another thing that I resented about The Tick, yeah. is there was a one scene that was set in 1996, <laughs> and it was made to look like the 1950s. It looked like the 1910s. It looked like Main Street Disney. <laughs> yeah, that they're like, oh, 20 years ago, and I'm right. like... That was 20 years ago. What, what do you mean? Uh, 1996, yeah, yeah. People actually had cell phones then. Sure. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? Anyway, so uh, that was bringing me in a particular direction, but I can't remember where. But probably, I think I was going to bring up Francis the Talking Mule again. What, tell me, who is this talking mule? It's a talk, It's a mule from the movies. They put, what? They put peanut butter in its mouth and made it flap its lips around, and then they had someone talk off camera, like Dr. Ed. Mr. Ed. He wasn't a doctor. He, wasn't, <laughs> he, he, he dropped out of medical school. Yeah. Professor Ed. Oh my god, that's the gritty reboot of, of Mr. Ed. Professor Ed. He's a crime-fighting horse, mm-hmm. and he's got a dark past. He's an alcoholic. Okay. And Is it just played by a man with a huge dick and peanut butter on his gums? Yeah, a horse. Uh, okay, yep. It counts. Uh, anyway, so that's the dark, gritty reboot of Mr. Ed. Does he uh, encounter the papal bull? The What? The papal bull? Is that a real thing? Mm-hmm. I can never tell. When you tell me about pope stuff yeah i always think you're joking and then it's real like they have primates for example sure the papal bull is a real thing the primates a real thing the diet of worms is a real thing no thank you (laughs) uh what is the papal bull it's me baby (laughs) okay uh stop trying to seduce me on the podcast (laughs) anyway speaking of which it's time for us to bid you adieu listeners thank you again so much for joining us if you enjoyed the show you can tweet at us at matt baum on the twitters leave a review on itunes you can uh, also just tweet about what's going on in your life too it doesn't have to be about what's going on in the show because lord knows any particular topic is 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 up for grabs for defining marriage uh, there was some other stuff that I wanted to mention. What was it? Oh, yes. You can get my book, Defining Marriage, on Amazon. Ebook, audiobook, print book, and I don't know. What other formats of books exist? What, what, what else is out there? Microfiche. Microfiche. Uh, well, you could it's also... It's a tiny fish, the way you said it. Microfiche. <laughs> it's, it's written on a little tiny fish. goldfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's about it for, for this week, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you around. And I say, hey, 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 I say, hey, what's going on?